Welcome to the Creative Homeschool Podcast. In this podcast, I'm coming at you to deliver you a weekly dash of creativity to make your homeschool exciting for your kids, but for you too. We're going to explore all of the different ways to creatively homeschool. Games, field trips, unit studies, writing activities, kid businesses, art, and more. I'm your host, Julie Soule, longtime homeschool mom, shenanigan enthusiast, espresso drinker, and founder and co-owner of Soul Sparklets Art. I've helped thousands add creativity and joy to their homeschool, and I'm ready to help you too. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to the Creative Homeschool Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Soule. Today, we're talking about something that is near and dear to me, and that is art anxiety. Sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that everyone isn't anxious. There are people who just look and feel more confident than we are. So while I'm going to be talking specifically about art and creativity today, I want you to really think about how these things apply to other things in your lives and the lives of your children. So I'm talking to you as the homeschool parent, but these are things that we can pass down to our kids too. So many of us have heard of The Dot by Peter Reynolds. In this book, he advocates just making a single mark. It's one of my favorite picture books. In fact, there's a special day, International Dot Day, that happens every fall. But why is it so hard to actually make that dot? So it's similar to when we buy that new planner. It's a bit more exciting, the feel of it, before we use it. I don't know if you're anything like me, but when you make that first mark in the planner, it feels different. And it's similar with new art supplies. When you get those brand new paints, those new pens, those oil pastels, a new box of crayons, you hesitate to actually use them because what if the beautiful paints get ruined, especially that yellow? It's hard for us with a lot of things to start. That anxiety kind of creeps up on us. The new, the safe feels better because none of us actually wants to feel uncomfortable. So The first reason that we can have a problem making that dot is we're often afraid of doing it wrong. If you ask us if there's a wrong way, we'll quickly answer, of course not. It's art, right? There's no wrong way to make art. But deep inside, we feel like if we don't make our marks a certain way, maybe it's not wrong, but it's also not quite right. And sometimes we don't have a good definition for what right is. We're safe when we don't start, aren't we? Keeps us feeling comfortable, keeps us from feeling vulnerable. But if we don't start, we also can't do it right. We can't grow. We can't learn. And the most growth comes from doing those uncomfortable things, like when we jump in the pool for the first time, or we ride a bike, or we give that speech in front of the classroom, or we dare to do something like sing and dance in front of others. The second reason it's sometimes hard to make that mark is we feel like we aren't good enough. We compare ourselves to others constantly, others who have been doing it for years, but it isn't just that. When we do that, we're comparing ourselves to others who have different hands, different eyes, and different experiences than we do. We forget that doing art is a skill, and even the artists out there that we might think are the best in the world, they're still striving to improve each and every day too. They take classes, they try new things, they experiment, and there's something that they do, though, that so many of us don't do. And it's just this. They start. They do make that mark. The third reason that sometimes it's hard to start is that we don't know what to draw. Sometimes we get into what I like to call analysis paralysis. If you've ever been given an hour to yourself, you spend time thinking about, do you want to clean? Do you want to organize? Do you want to take a bath? Do you want to exercise? 
Do you want to take a nap? And then you realize you've spent 40 minutes thinking the time away and you realize that you got none of the things done that you wished you had done. We can feel like we're always doodling flowers. And my mom used to always draw cubes. And then we might see people doing these intricate zentangles or watercolors. And we wonder, why don't we think like that? We wonder, why can't we manufacture these magical creatures from our imagination? But the truth is, even those characters that you see that look so beautiful, so adorable, so different, they're inspired too by the artist's experiences, what they've seen, where they've visited, what they've drawn in the past. So it's okay to have your thing to draw. That thing that you draw over and over and over, it keeps you comfortable. It feels like you. But it's okay to have those moments that say, well, what if I drew this instead also? What if I tried this new thing? The fourth reason is that art is personal. It's not the same as if doing a math problem. It feels like us and that creativity is us. When we put a mark on that paper, we're taking something that feels so personal on the inside and it feels like suddenly we're putting it on display. And when we put ourselves on display, it feels like someone's going to judge us. But the truth is people are judging us all the time. So maybe, just maybe, We should think about being happy and doing the things that we would like to do because if people are going to judge what we put on the paper either way, then why not do the things that we want to do? Now, it's easy for me to say just start, isn't it? Julie, you don't know how it feels. Start how? Start with what? Start with what supply? I have a hard time figuring out what project to do. I should be doing this like so-and-so. I shouldn't only be using watercolors. I should be. I should be. I want you to just put those shoulds in a nice box and lock them away, even if it's just for a few more minutes till the end of this podcast. So here's a few exercises to have fun with to get yourself out of the box and feeling a little uncomfortable for you or for your kids. The first is to start a daily art practice. Now, when you do something over and over, it gets easier. When I suggest this, what people love to do is to go out and purchase a new sketchbook for your art practice to create an intentional practice for this new habit. So you get this new fancy sketchbook. You might say, oh, well, I'm going to start a new art practice. I need to go out and buy these new fancy pens. That's not what I want you to do today. I want you, now if you're driving, don't look around right now, but when you have a moment to do this, I want you to look around you and grab the first piece of paper that you can possibly draw on. Now, this could be a scrap piece of paper that your kid threw away, a receipt, a piece of paper towel, construction paper. I want you to grab it and I want you to notice how you feel right now. You might be thinking, I need a fresh sheet of paper, right? It's really hard for us. We feel like drawing has to look a certain way all the time. So this exercise is going to help you realize that drawing and art can happen anywhere. And the second thing I want you to do is grab the nearest thing you have to draw with. Is that a pencil? Is that the orange crayon that your kids didn't put away? I want you to grab that. And I want you to draw something very, very simple. And that is a smiley face. Why a smiley face? What happens when you draw a smiley face? Well, the first thing is that a smiley face feels easy. You know how to draw a smiley face. You know what it is. The second thing is it's now smiling at you. So now you know that someone else is happy that you started. When we see smiles, it is human response to smile back. 
So when we are looking at art, even a smiley face that you just drew with an orange crayon on a receipt, it starts making you feel a little bit more at ease too. The second thing that can happen is as you are looking at your smiley face, you sometimes might start thinking, does it need hair? What about earrings? What about a neck, a body, maybe some hearts or stars around it? But goodness, something incredible happens, right? You started drawing from just something so simple, it did not need to be fancy, just a smiley face. Okay, exercise number two, turn on your favorite music. Take one hand or two hands and put art supplies in them. Crayons, markers, if you're using two hands, you can tape the paper down to your table so that it doesn't move, but just start moving those hands. Draw loops, draw scribbles, big, wide arm motions, and relax as you listen to the music, or if you're playing something with a beat, then draw faster. When you're done, you're going to have this gigantic, scribbly piece of paper. And I want you to get out crayons, gel crayons, watercolors, markers, whatever you have that you just love, and start coloring in all of those spaces that you've created. Allow yourself to take those deep breaths as you go, to slip into that flow state as you're coloring. And if you start thinking that you should be doing something else, shove it away just for a moment. Because you deserve the time to relax, to play with color, to enjoy those crayons and the markers just like you did when you were little. Number three, get silly. There's a reason that humor is stress relief. Have you ever seen lions from medieval art? They had never seen an actual lion. So the lions they painted are pretty priceless to look at. Artists did not worry about if others would make fun of their lions. They were painting them to express themselves, but also to get their art into the world to show others. And I really encourage you to take a look and do a Google search on medieval lions and art after you listen. But one way to have fun with art is to tell a story. So when things go wrong, that's your chance. Now, when I teach online on Soul Sparklet's art or inside the Glitter Bombers membership, It's not a if it goes wrong, it's a when. Every single time I teach, something is drawn wrong and I'm live. But that's a really fun chance to ask yourself, what happened? Why does that line or that color look that way? So I'll give you a couple of examples. If you draw a dog and one ear is too long, gosh, it was a terrible time for the dog, but once the dog decided to climb a tree, it got stuck and one of the ears got pulled out a little bit longer and now it's just stuck that way. Or maybe you accidentally made your son brown instead of yellow. You thought you were getting yellow. There was a little bit of blue in that yellow well of paint. And you can talk about the dirt that is flung up in the air. There was a passing group of chickens running by and you still have so much dirt in the air and in your eyes. This is how the sun looks to you. You get the idea. It doesn't have to be serious. Get silly. Get creative. Tell those stories and have fun telling them out loud. If you're doing these exercises with kids or your kids are doing them, encourage them to tell those stories out loud and to get laughing. Those stories get better and that anxiety gets less. I'd like to leave you with this. Sometimes we feel like others aren't nervous. They aren't anxious. It's only us. But everyone gets nervous to draw. Even artists who have been doing this for a long time feel like this one won't be as good. They worry they'll get the lighting wrong, the composition, the colors. But they do do one thing. 
they start. And we all know that once you start, kind of keep on going. And the more often you keep on going, the easier anything gets. If you're loving this podcast, we would love it if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Your reviews and hopefully good ones help us be found by more homeschoolers who are looking for that burst of joy, creativity, and fun in their homeschool. It would mean the world to us, especially to me. Okay, everyone, until next time. that are running away from writing instead of toward it, chances are you're feeling a little bit frustrated. But that's because so many writing programs out there have kids writing things like, tell me about your bedroom, instead of things that kids actually want to write. So I'd like to introduce you to the Delicious Diner course. What is it? It's a writing course for kids. It gets them writing effortlessly. They're having fun. They're creating their own delicious diner by marketing, writing help wanted ads, writing recipes, menus, learning about floor plans, writing, grammar, typing, entrepreneurship, and it's all through using Canva. There's even the first section of the course where I'm going to teach kids how to use Canva and how to get started. And if you're not familiar with Canva, you might really like watching it too. Canva is a graphics design software. You can use it completely for free. There is a paid version. You do not need the paid version in order to have fun with this course. But as an introductory offer, We are offering it for $10 off instead of $29. You can grab it for $19. It's a one-time purchase. It's for the entire family. Check the link in the show notes for the link to learn more and sign up and make sure to come hungry.